Hello everybody, FPL teacher here with a thought exercise now because we are reviewing Deserbys Brighton. This episode will focus on what Brighton have done best in the last 8 game weeks while at the same time trying to figure out what fits best into Deserbys philosophy with a clear one instead of one that keeps us guessing all the time. We will also try to highlight FPL gems, looking at who potentially juxtaposes with Deserbi's Sasuolo side potentially. A number of creators on Twitter have already made beautiful breakdowns of Deserbi's philosophy, so we will not go into that too much over here. What we are trying to draw, especially for FPL purposes, are parallels between, first and foremost, the philosophies between Deserbi's Brighton and Potter's Brighton. Secondly, we will also look at the beneficiaries of their attacks based on Sasuolo's plan. So to put a caveat on this, any recommendations based on Brighton players are purely based on the assumption that Brighton play exactly like the existing Sassuolo. And I'm no means going to recommend Dominic Berardi here. Let's begin with the attacking philosophy of Deserbis. In a nutshell, Deserbi basically invites pressure into his final into his defensive third before releasing the midfielders as well as the wingers and whatnot. So what happens is that at Sassuolo, the back four or the back three or the back five even sometimes would cycle the ball between them with the aim of drawing forwards, forward and finding the two midfielders in space. For Sassuolo, that was Obayang as well as Locatelli. So the question comes down to whether McAllister and Moises Casado will operate in a similar manner. Having said that, this has almost nothing to do with FPL. So really, we are looking forward to what they do when they have the ball. Ideally, these central midfielders will receive the ball in space and they play it to their wingers. Now, the second parallel here between Potter and Deserbi is the amount of quick passes they like to play in possession. Brighton have fine-tuned their passes in the final third to be one touch at specific times where they try to replicate the Kevin De Bruyne run down the right half space as well as the left half space. Sometimes a forward would do it, sometimes a midfielder like Pascal Grob would do it, but the runs are there. So the question comes down to whether De Zerbi would do the same thing. And apparently De Zerbi's Sassuolo exaggerates that to the maximum. So after making a lot of one-touch passes in their own defensive third, they move it up to the final third and there are even more one-touch passes, usually involving the wingers, the forwards and late runners into the box. So finally, we look at the overarching philosophy that Deserbi has that draws parallels with Potter. This, Besides the whole punching above their weight narrative that surrounds both managers, the more underrated understated philosophy here is that he in get he gets players under his charge to improve and increase massively in value. Sassuolo epitomizes the Derby's philosophy by being a hub 
traditionally for young and upcoming Italian managers to do well by introducing innovative philosophies and Brighton are no different here under the charge of Bloom as their head director. So the summary here is that Brighton will be innovative, daring and let's look at what they can bring forth in terms of FPL up next. Let's begin with what happens to Brighton in the final third itself. Assuming McAllister and Moises Casado can progress the ball forward, what we can assume here first and foremost is that Leandro Trossard and Soli March will remain extremely wide. The question comes down to whether they put the left footer on the left side or will they invert the forwards. At Sassuolo Berardi, their top scorer, was a left footer employed on the right flank. So it is very highly likely that Solimarch will keep his place on the right side while Leandro Trossard or Mitoma will retain their places on the left. There was an analysis done on Sassuolo by a famous YouTube channel last season and the conclusion here was that Sassuolo themselves have one of the fewest successful crosses in the league. So at least we can safely say that despite getting into the right half spaces that Brighton do so well, their crossing is going to be limited. This means that the crossing threats of Leandro Trossard from the left and Pascal Grob on the right are probably going to be significantly reduced. Without crosses, how do we expect Brighton to score goals? With short wall passes being the order of the day, from the flanks at the very least, it means that these wall passes will either make their way towards the edge of the box where the likes of Casado or McAllister will shoot from range or they will work themselves into the half spaces. And it is here where we will see particular forwards shine. On the left, it goes without saying that Leandro Trossard with the highest amount of technical skill within this squad will almost certainly be the initial fulcrum of the side. The question comes down to whether he will set himself up for chances or whether he'll be the guy that plays the wall passes to his teammates. The more interesting option here is actually on the right side where the action is usually carried out by Pascal Grob, but we assume here that Pascal Grob is the wall pass guy and this benefits Danny Welbeck. There was a particular run made by Danny Welbeck that was extremely incisive against Man United and it was this particular run down the outside of the United centre-back and it was so smooth and so quick that Welbeck didn't even have to look before playing the pass across for Grob's first goal. And it is precisely that type of movement and that type of pass that Deserby most desires. So there you have it. Frasat on the left, Danny Welbeck on the right, and we shall see if these predictions come true. Now, targeting Brighton defence since they are with a new manager is going to be particularly tricky because Deserby has employed four at the back as well as being flexible with five at the back systems before. It is understandable if you want to look at Sassuolo's goal record to see that they concede a lot of goals as well as score a lot of them. And really the idea is 
comes down to what the narrators have said already. Ultra high risk football is what Brighton will be known for at least in the opening stages of the season and it comes down to who will win the ball of the Brighton attackers or sorry defenders. Liverpool, Brentford and Man City are teams that the Seagulls will play next away from home. So the question comes down to which players among these three teams can we utilize to take advantage of Brighton's potentially risky moves at the back. With Liverpool, it is a relatively straightforward task with pressing machine Diogo Jota primed for success here as he did so well dictating the press for Klopp when, especially when they had like their 4-2-4-2 seasons ago. Now for Brentford, it's a little bit trickier because their two forwards don't press aggressively but the three midfielders behind them do. So Matt Jensen as a differential is definitely worth considering if you're interested in Brentford. But that goes to show that the beneficiaries of that press are going to be either Tony or Mbomo. More likely Mbomo than Tony. Manchester City's press is a little bit more sophisticated in the sense that the pressing triggers are a lot less obvious. So with Brighton, the suspicion here is that City, in theory, should press the Brighton centre-backs before the defensive midfielders are in position to receive the ball. So if you're looking for that shield, or at least people who will dispossess the defensive midfielders of Brighton between the lines, then you are looking at not Rodri, not the full-backs, but Bernardo Silva. Bernardo Silva's role in this particular game match will be extremely crucial and it's very likely that he will not be part of the shield between Brighton's defence and midfield. That would probably be the job of the likes of Haaland and KDB, but Bernardo will be the one who will be in free space to dictate play when City win the ball back. One of the narratives that surrounded De Zerbi as Asuolo was that he stuck out like a sore thumb because he was part of the revolution in Italy that relied on vertical transition-based football instead of Catenaccio like most of the title-winning managers at the time. So the question is that if De Zerbi goes completely different in a league that is already so fascinated by transition football, namely the Premier League, will De Zerbi's possession, ultra-high-risk attacking approach prevail? It all comes down to the technical ability of the players up front, especially to deliver, in my opinion. And we shall see what happens over the first two games, particularly against Liverpool. <laughs>